coming of Labor Day, we all know that the summer months have come to an end. Life begins to make some changes. School begins and we have to be at home for the children to be involved in school. Certain programs resume themselves not only within the life of the church, but civic clubs and other activities in which we are involved change. And with the passing of Labor Day, we change our routine or our involvement. And things even have a way of changing at the place where we work sometimes. And so for a multitude of people last Sunday or last weekend, saw the end of the summer months and now we have settled down to an altogether different routine of life. Uh, for others, there are still a few last vestiges of summer to be experienced. There are a few more weeks, a few more weekends, a few more days in which we are going to take advantage of summer. We're going to enjoy the sun. We're going to enjoy the beautiful days. We are going to enjoy the longevity of the day itself and realize that these are the last long days before the months of winter begin. But whatever the situation for you may be, we are reminded above everything else that summer for all of us will soon be ended. And as a result of the ending of summer, we'll be facing the throes of winter and we know that with the coming of the winter months, the days are shorter, the days are colder, the opportunities of enjoyment are much fewer. Uh, we must settle ourselves down to a home routine in which we experience the coldness of winter, the dreariness of the day, and all we have left are those memories of the summer well spent and the opportunities for joy that were ours to experience with the ending of summer. And we are reminded again and again that this is true not only as far as the calendar is concerned, this is true not only with the passing of seasons from summer to fall and from fall to winter, but we are reminded again and again that this is all too true of life in general. For most of us live with the knowledge of the fact that there are certain things which have to be done. There are certain opportunities for us to share. There are certain possibilities for us to experience. And we are reminded again and again of the fact that unless we take advantage of these opportunities when they knock, unless we accept the challenge of the moment, unless we use those uh, things that are there before us at the time when they're most readily available, then the opportunities have passed, the challenge has gone to someone else, and that which could have made our life so enjoyable and so meaningful is no longer ours to experience. The wise man of the Old Testament, in writing in another place, reminded us of this great truth of life so well when he said, there is a time to sow and there is a time to reap. He went on to say there, are, there is a time for this and a time for that. There is a time in which we have to do the things that need, need to be done in which the time is available. And then he ends with this most profound and meaningful statement as he said there is a time for all things. And the person is wise indeed who takes advantage of the opportunities of life as those opportunities present themselves. 
In the words of our text, the writer of the book of Proverbs says it this way, He who is wise, he who has any sense of understanding, he even uses the word sense. He who has sense at all is going to read while the opportunity is available. I told you a few weeks ago, one, uh, several years ago, my family and I moved from North Alabama out into the state of Kansas. One of the things I enjoyed about being in the state of Kansas as much as anything else was the harvest season. It was something altogether different to anything that I'd ever known or anything that I'd ever experienced. There was something of a psychology of the harvest season that seemed to affect every person in the community whether they were related to farm life or not. And I came to realize the thing that really made the difference was the fact that those people knew if they didn't take advantage of the harvest when it was available, then they would lose the crop and have nothing left on which to live for the remainder of the year. For only about a couple of weeks in which the crop had to be harvested if it was going to produce its fullest. Well, then the rains would come or hail would come or there would not be enough laborers to do the job or one reason or another. Uh, unless the harvest was transacted at the time in which the wheat was ripe, then the farmers would have lost all of the investment they made in the crop for that year. And so this wise man of the Old Testament even though he lived a long time before the modern days of harvest, recognized the importance of such events and reminded the people that unless they took advantage of the opportunity while it was there, uh, then they were going to lose uh, the possibilities and the opportunities that would come as a result of the advantages they had enjoyed. And so this morning, I want us to take these words of wisdom and apply them to certain experiences in our own life. And I want to lift up for your consideration three areas of life in which these words of wisdom are of supreme importance to each individual in the congregation. The first of these is in the area of one's own home and family life. For the establishment and maintaining of a meaningful home life is one of the most challenging areas of American society in the day and age in which you live. And I call your special attention to, the, to these words, the establishing, the maintaining of a meaningful home life. I do not know of any other area of society or any other social involvement in which we are involved in which there is greater importance and more significance than is related to the establishing, to the maintaining of a meaningful home life. And it is magnified in one particular area which I lift up for your consideration. And that is the opportunity and responsibility uh, that we share in the lives of young children who have been entrusted into our care and keep. Now, if you happen not to be a parent, then you may pause and wonder for just a few moments. But let me say to the young parents in our congregation, to those of you who are parents of teenagers, or to those of you who are parents-to-be, I do not know of any area of life 
that is of greater importance or more significant than that responsibility you face as a result of the lives of young children which have been entrusted into your care and into your keeping. And I speak from years of wisdom, uh, from years of experience, uh, out of an understanding of the fact that of all the responsibilities that come to an individual's life, I do not know of any greater responsibility than that which is incorporated in the life and personality of young children. I look back over the past 26 years of my own life and realize that in just a few months, the last child of the family will be gone out on his own. And out of this experience, I can say to you this morning that no matter how deeply involved you may be in your career or in your vocation or in your occupation, how deeply involved you may be in the betterment of society and the community in which you live, or how more more deeply involved in the life of the church you may become, all of which are of supreme importance and great significance. But I say to you this morning, there is no area of life of greater significance or more importance than the lives of those young children which have been entrusted into your care and keeping. And therefore, the love that you show and the guidance you offer in the development of that young life and that young personality is of supreme importance for the simple reason that one day they leave the family circle, go out on their own, and they are beyond your reach, your guidance, your help, regardless of how much you'd like to aid them in the struggles with which they're facing. So let me say to you, while it's yet summer, that is, while you have the opportunity, while they're still at your disposal, so to speak, while they still gather around from time to time and listen to what you have to say, remember the opportunity and responsibility that's yours in training that life in the way in which it needs to go so that it shall be equipped for the future, whatever that future may happen to be. While it's yet summer, as far as the children are concerned, you have the opportunity to implant a heart of love, a mind of wisdom, and a spirit of faith that will make all the difference in the world in the way in which that child is able to cope with the world in which they live. But the time is far more fleeting than most of us like to imagine. It's gone before we really like to admit we have had the opportunity that we've had. The second area is uh, also very personal in that it involves our own personal life. Let me illustrate it this way. In the early years of my ministry, I had the privilege to be the associate minister, Dr. Guy McGowan, who for a number of years was pastor of Highlands United Methodist Church in Five Point South. And as I look back across the years of my life, I don't know of any greater privilege that could ever have come my way than to be associated with one of the greatest men that I've ever been privileged to know. I learned a great deal more from Dr. McGowan about many things than I learned the entirety of my seminary career. 
I don't want to go into all of that. I, I want to share an experience I had because a part of the joys of my relationship with the tidbits I picked up uh, from day to day in our personal experiences. One morning we were sitting in his office just talking as we so often did. The telephone rang and somebody on the other end of the line called and wanted to speak to Dr. Gowan. Well, there was a lady on the line about ready to retire. And she called about his giving some help in her years of retirement. He wrote a little article in the bulletin every week, a pastor's message in which he shared some choice bits of wisdom that came out of a scholarly experience of knowledge. And he always had something to say. And this lady called that day and she said to him, so Dr. McGowan, I want you one day to write in your bulletin, tell us some things we can do to fill up the lonely hours of our old age. Well, I immediately began to light up. No, I, I wanted to hear what he was going to say. I, I wanted to find out the kind of wisdom he was going to share. And I was anxiously awaiting. And when she finished and he hung up and assured her graciously that he would give it some thought. I said to him, Dr. McGowan, tell me, what are you going to say? And with a smile on his face and the wisdom that only a man such as he possessed. He looked at me and he said, Charlie, if a person doesn't plan for old age while he's still active, then he's bound for a life of loneliness. And I don't really have anything at all to say. If you don't plan for things to come while the sun is yet shining, while you still have the time, if you don't plan for it, then you can rest assured when the winter months are upon us. The days are dreary, and the nights are long, and the days are short. You can rest assured that life is going to be rather lonely and maybe even bitter as a result of the fact that we haven't made much planning. I've thought about it a great deal since he said it, and I'm convinced of the wisdom with which he answered my question and the folly that he could have chosen to answer the question of the one So important for us in developing our life to plan for things before they are there and to anticipate the kind of experiences we may encounter and equip ourselves with the spirit that will enable us to face whatever difficulties or hardships or lonely hours we may encounter. There's another side of this also, particularly to those of you who are yet young in your life. Some of you beginning your college career, some of you in the midst of it, some of you still struggling with high school, maybe some even in elementary school. Some of you are beginning your homes as young married couples. Let me say to you, you can't wait until graduation. You can't wait until midlife and expect to be prepared for the difficulties unless you have begun to prepare. Just that simple. We've got to take advantage of the opportunities that are ours while it's yet summer. For the day will come when we and don't terrible. know what to do unless we have already made shot off two of the There's another area of life and in which this is so important, and that is the spiritual side of life. You knew I was going to get to that, didn't you? 
But here's the thing that is of so much importance in an individual's life. Depression Pardon the personal reference, but my life has been lived around the reality. But somehow he got up. I suppose as far back as I can remember, from the earliest years of my infancy until the last few moments of my life, I've lived in the presence. And one of the things I have learned in that environment is the reality of crises. And that every life someday faces a crisis as a result of death or death's involvement in our family or our friends or some other thing that causes the crisis of life. I've made an observation through these 50-odd years in my association. The observation is this, that when we face the crises of life, there are two things that inevitably cross our mind. One is, why did it have to happen? And he went to Yale University. We always ask the question. He worked his way through Yale University. It's always asked, why did it have to happen? He got a PhD degree. The other is, where was God when I needed Now, some of us don't have the courage to express our doubts and our anxieties openly. And we may not say it aloud, but deep down in the recesses of our own mind, we, we say, where's God? Where's God when I needed him? Now I need him. Now I need something on which I can pin my hopes for the future. Now I need something on which I can stand and depend. For I'm about to fall, but I'm about to sing. And life is about to fold under and leave me with no place to go. He never had been to high school. And when well, Jack London was 40 years old, God is right where he's always been. But in those 21 years, he wrote 41 books spiritually for the crises of life, some of which inevitably we're about to face. I don't mean to use the old scare tactics of the evangelist. You know, I grew up in an area of revivalism, a time of revivalism, and I heard the scare tactics, and I guess I rebel against it more than anybody in this congregation. I don't believe in trying to scare any individual. Yet, the longer I live, the more crises I face personally and the more crises I face with the members of the congregation I'm privileged to serve, the more convinced I that there is only one way in which we can prepare ourselves for the inevitable. And that is to begin now to prepare ourselves. A lot of ministers have been my friends, but those are the four. there comes a time for each of us. Whether you have faced such a time as this or not, I don't know. I hope you have. But there comes a time for every individual in which the only thing in the world that makes any difference at all the greatest man I ever knew in my life is the presence of the true and living God as revealed in the life and ministry of Jesus. He went over to Oxford for a little while, but didn't do any good. you cannot experience such a presence if you wait for the crisis. I like the way it's said by Dr. William Barclay. He says it this way. Contentment comes when we realize that our most prized possession is our friendship with God made possible through Jesus Christ.
And I like the phrase, you know, friendship with God. Well, I didn't have a chance. You think about I it for just a moment. Yeah, there's you. nothing in the world. I, I don't care what it is. You can do it. That equips one's life. I was just thinking, I had dinner tonight. For any and every thousand Quite like a first friendship with God himself. And, and you know, back, the only way in which a friendship becomes I went to young Harris College. is through Finish Young Harris College, and those friends to John, whom you turn, uh, with the intimacies of your own, he needs life, to go to college now, and you are those friends years, whose friendship has been cultivated down now, through. I tried everywhere. I couldn't do it. No matter how closely you may be involved with somebody momentarily, and those were hard times. Some of you unless you know them well, back in those unless you have laughed together and cried together say, well, and maybe run. even thought together, and I started writing. you don't I wrote, call I, I say I wrote to 30 except calls. you know I said, I don't have any money, I want to go to college. And so it is. I got a letter from Wolford College in Spartanburg. Unless that friendship with I mean, God I mean, has been cultivated down through the years, Spartanburg, South Carolina when you need was. But they wrote you me simply to come don't on know. Over and they would help. And so let me say to you this morning, while it's summer, while you have the opportunity, while life is moving along as, as it is bound to be for most of us, while it's yet summer, prepare yourself. Because the time is coming when that young child, so frequently underfoot and so annoyingly asking questions, will be a man or woman and out on their own and you'll wonder where they've gone. Prepare yourselves for those times in life in which you don't have a job to go or a community in which to be involved, but you find yourselves more and more and more isolated around the hearth of your own fire. Above everything else. While you still have the opportunity, while it's yet something, there's going to come but a crisis in your life much money, but in which you have had. Why did it have to happen? Made me believe Where is God that I when I needed him the most? I went over there. Prepared, then you have the answer. I made five beta because his spirit becomes alive. And his message invests your soul. And his wisdom says to you, peace be unto you. All things are going to be well. And all things are but, but what I'm come. saying, I, I think about my dear father. I, I just think about it. Yes, Sam That friendship of God made possible through the life of Jesus. Help us, our Heavenly Father, as we face the realities of the day and age in which we live. The struggles of our own heart and soul to discover for ourselves that wisdom and knowledge which you and you alone have made possible through Jesus Christ. For it is in his name. He said, I went with your sister when she was a student.